Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. Hey, it's an absolutely gorgeous day where I am sitting, and my guest is in California, so I'm assuming it's a gorgeous day where he is sitting. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to give you a little bit of insider information and wisdom that you can apply to your business. Our guest today is Steve Gallion, who's the co-founder and CEO of MedTrainer, and I got to tell you, uh, I just love the concept of helping healthcare providers make sure that they're getting all their training, all their compliance, and doing it in a way that isn't burdening the cost of the healthcare system. So Steve, introduce yourself and, and tell everybody exactly what MedTrainer does for the world. Yeah, Thank you, Allison. Thank you for having me on. Uh, excited to be here. Once again, my name is Steve Gallion, uh, co-founder, CEO of MedTrainer. And uh, you know, our mission is pretty simple. Um, we look to leverage technology to bring together kind of the fragmented pieces of healthcare compliance, creating a more efficient healthcare ecosystem when you think about uh, start to finish compliance of running a practice. And um, before we started, it was it was a, a very disjointed process, and we look to bring clarity to kind of an unclear world from the lens of healthcare administration. Well, and Steve, I want to share with our listeners a little bit about that founder's journey. And I want to just tease that you need to listen to this story. Steve and his team have achieved some remarkable growth and benchmarks, including a recent Series B that was, I think, if I have it right, Steve, over $40 million. Uh, so yeah, let's let's dig into it on how this became a problem that you decided you needed to get involved with and solve. Great. Yeah. So um, going back to 2013, I was uh, introduced to the concept of healthcare education and thinking about problems that, that existed in the current learning environment in the healthcare uh, world, kind of a, across all the segments of healthcare. And what really bubbled up to myself as well as my co-founders that there was uh, what we had thought was a problem and how learning was being delivered. This is kind of when blockbusters closing down and people are starting to subscribe to Netflix and uh, instant demand to content is becoming more of a thing. And it, it, it wouldn't be before long where that goes from the B2C market to the B2B world mm -hmm. as well. And so we kind of saw the writing on the wall for content demand and Education, whether it's being delivered to a clinical provider or to frontline healthcare staff, there's so many mission critical aspects to regulatory compliance that that fall within that educational world. And so we we got off on the uh, the first footing um, with a learning management system that had, was had baked in content, meaning the content was part of the system itself instead of purchasing from two different vendors. And we solved maybe 30% of the problem. We, The customer voice really came out through that journey into um, where we are today, which is really solving more of a holistic problem for healthcare regulatory compliance. It wasn't just learning. There's other elements of compliance and credentialing that create a more 360 view 
within each healthcare uh, organization. And further review of kind of how things were being done previously, a lot of different systems being ran in parallel. Uh, most people don't know this, but the average hospital runs over 200 software platforms. And if you can think about how much work that is to maintain, especially when uh, more legacy systems are on-premise, mm-hmm. right? It's on a computer somewhere, the amount of resources those types of systems draw, the amount of human capital it takes to maintain them. We just saw so many opportunities to repair and correct that. And um, that's kind of where MedTrainer was born. And fast forward through our journey um, up to today. So we're Series B um, backed private equity backed company. We just finished that round of funding in uh, February of this year, which was led by Vista Equity Partners. Um, our Series A was done by Telescope Partners uh, back in 2019. And the company has been not only growing, but year over year, our percentage of growth is actually accelerating. So we're starting to kind of hockey stick and curve up. We have about 320 employees uh, within the organization today and are hitting some really great metrics um, internally as well as externally, not just growth, but things that align with our cultural vision, things that align with uh, who we are and kind of our thought leadership vision and, and who we want the market to perceive us as as well. Let's see if I want to talk about your your internal teams, because we all know you can't scale and achieve that kind of growth without the right, you know, expertise and committed team players. So give us a little bit about how you went about and and, and what the current dynamics are of the team, where they're located, um, what their backgrounds are. Sure. So um if you would have asked me this five years ago, I would have argued with you if you thought that I would open uh, open up the company to be decentralized and have as much of a robust footprint, right? I wanted more of a centralized office location, folks in office, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, COVID changed that for many companies. And for us, I think it actually changed the angle of perspective. And with that change of perspective, it gave us a lot larger of a talent pool to pull from. You hear a lot about right now, currently the war on talent. Um, I think talent wins 99 times out of 100 (laughs) when you think about what is really driving uh, the business and kind of the backbone of the business. And if we take it down to its core, um, and I will answer your question about where this decentralization Mm -hmm. where people are at, because they're all over the country and out of the country as well. But when I take it down to its core, when we think about our strategy for culture and talent and people, um, it's really employees first, customers second, shareholders third. And I've been pretty, I've spoke about this before. I have a pretty big opinion on it. Um, Shareholders are looking for derivative value on their investment, which cannot happen without happy customers. Happy customers can not happen without having employees either build good product, provide good support, provide good operations. And that just doesn't happen without building really strong, talented teams. And so when you really tear the business down to the the core or the root, what is driving it, it's going to be those teams. Great backs or great backs, great businesses are built on the backs of 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 good people and strong talent. And so and I think one of the hardest jobs that I have as a CEO is finding the right talent for the executive leadership team, which is we have people in Texas, we have people in Salt Lake City, we have people in California, 
uh, people in Las Vegas and um, some we've actually had members of the ELT relocate to to our Mexico office in Querétaro, Mexico. Um, it's it's really been an amazing journey with decentralization and kind of the work from anywhere type approach. But we uh, I wish I could say we had a critical mass of folks in one particular place. But as uh, as COVID changed that landscape of, of business as in, in general, that that uh, stands true with us as well. So com- completely um, decentralized today, no office except for our our customer success office and which is more more critical to have the connective tissue in office to solve challenges for our customers to make sure they're getting the right layers of support. Yeah, and my impression, Steve, is part of that leadership equation is um, you you value DEI and multicultural uh, collaborations and team members. Uh, tell us a little bit about your growth in, in that area. Yeah, so um, when we think about, like, it's real buzzword right now, you mm-hmm. know, I profile. And I think it needs to be more than that. It needs to actually have impact and and that impact needs to drive um, impact in the business. And uh, the way I look at it is by enhancing our DE&I profile, we are able to enhance our our perspectives, people coming from different walks of life, different journeys, and solving problems in different ways. So where does that lead us today? Um, about half of our company is actually operating out of our office in Mexico, which is amazing. So, uh, which represents a, a really unique footprint of folks. About thirty percent of those people are not uh, Mexican citizens; they're from all over the world. Um, the company as a whole, we're very close to fifty-fifty gender parity. Um, our executive leadership team. I'm excited. We haven't even announced this yet, but we've just added a new CMO, um, uh, which adds another woman in leadership, which is awesome. And you know, I think our our eye is once again just drawn back to the DEI checkbox. Sounds good, but you actually have to live it. And, and what does it mean? It means for us that we're getting a lot of people looking at things through different lenses, and the best. Um, the best way to solve a tough problem is having a lot of smart eyeballs on that problem and looking for the right solution, not for the right person. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Well, let's talk again about, let's flip back and, and talk about the mission of MedTrainer and and your growth and where you had your customer acquisition. You've talked about how customers are just so important to you and, and customer care in listening to customers. So let's talk about when you in the growth were like, oh, we've made it. We've got our first like truly major customer and 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 what led to that? I think that you continuously have these pinnacle moments of appreciation where making it back in 2014, 15, those moments were big, big celebratory moments, but they were different. So maybe a core customer then meant a revenue number where a core customer today may be meeting a different type of uh, demographic. And um, we can be a little smarter today. So like big wins for us that are celebratory today will be things like, hey, we are have noticed that our customer base is we don't have as much representation in let's say critical access hospitals, mm-hmm. which historically are tough for patients to get to in tough care environments, have to provide emergency support. And these are places where patients um, 
are already struggling to get care and these operations are struggling to provide it. Like how can we increase our profile there to provide greater impact to the overall healthcare system itself? And um, the way we can drive efficiencies, effectiveness, cost reduction amongst these tough challenges, they have direct impact into lower cost of patient care, lower insurance premiums. Um, you know, you hear in the news about insurance premiums going up every year. And a lot of us feel it too, when they, you know, when we get our new renewal for our, our healthcare insurance and um, things that drive that up are healthcare operational costs. So like we not, we're not directly the reason why an insurance premium is going to be low, but we're, we're an added component of that pool. And if we can lower the cost of care, then hopefully we can do good for, you know, maybe unsupported populations that wouldn't have access to care otherwise. And being part of that representation as a whole really is a part of the mission as well. So you talk about, um, you know, pin- pinnacle moments of celebration and, but what were some that were really super sweet in a, in a plain English way, Steve, not a, not a CEO business talk, but, but truly that brought joy in your heart when you achieved them and in this founder's journey. Sure. So I think um, big moments of, of success, like this wasn't only something that we thought was going to be great, but others are validating our thought process. Um, we took on an exclusive partnership with McKesson. McKesson's the you know top uh, top ten Fortune ten company, um, the largest healthcare distributor in the world. Mm-hmm. And for a company like that to work with a startup in its early phases, and somebody see the vision that early on, really brought validating factor. This is early on in two thousand fifteen, and then partnerships, um, corporate partnerships evolved, companies like ADP, uh, companies like Athena Health that have been in the healthcare arena and and providing healthcare organizations software support for a long time. You start bringing on those partnerships and it drives not only validation internally, but can also stimulate your rapport in the marketplace with, with your customers. And our, this will probably help a little while I'm talking about partner instead of customer. Um, so, We've always had a focus on the SMB and mid-market side of healthcare. So as proud of I am, as I am of the logos that we have today with almost 3,000 customers and over 300,000 healthcare uh, professionals within our users, user base, mm-hmm. um, mostly going to be composed of, of smaller healthcare organizations, which were heavily underrepresented uh, by any software companies before us. Most people are going after the big whale hunting, right? And wanting to close, get the big health systems and hospitals as clients. And our goal was to really get the volume and, um, and, and build a product that was able to suit the masses. Well, and sometimes those of us know the big whale, they don't make the best customers or the best fit for your organization. They, they can get very demanding. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, um, you all are in the business of helping educate and and grow professional knowledge for others. What do you personally do to grow your own knowledge or encourage your team members, your internal uh, leadership team to stay sharp and grow their knowledge? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think that the most powerful tool for myself and I encourage members of our executive leadership team and, and anybody all the way down to individual contributors within the business 
to really look for a supportive base of, of, of mentorship. Um, it's funny when you're on the executive layer, you do that by asking people to donate time, right? Other people who have walked your, in your shoes, been on that journey before, built the business within the stage of the business that you're in today. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing to do. Um, we can look at kind of, um, you know, mentors that we would consider coming kind of from afar, people we might read books about or, or things that help us learn about a certain person or a certain business type, but really getting into the weeds with somebody who can mentor you through your exact role, your exact process. You know, if I'm talking to my mentors, there are people who have done B2B enterprise software, um, specifically healthcare. And have seen that, uh, have seen either one or multiple businesses at scale. So they've taken businesses from zero to, you know, $100 million in annual reoccurring revenue or, or even beyond that. I think that's where you probably get the most practical value. Um, books and self help are, are a lot of philosophical, but with practical knowledge and practical application, I think people who you can have or work with to, to donate that knowledge is where you learn the, the most effectively. Let's talk about a hard lesson that maybe you had along the way or or something. I mean, all the hard lessons are worth it because you either learn not to make that mistake again uh, or or grow from it. But was there something along the way that when you look back and you're like, huh, that was a little bump. That was something that didn't quite go the way we thought um, as you as you grew and scaled. Yeah, I think that the way that we approached like customer, partner triangulation. So where we have partners that we're working with the same type of customers. If I could give advice to people who are going to work within a partner ecosystem as well, I would, I would say to really make sure that you're on the the right page with your partners and that you've set um, the standards and and rules of engagement and how do we work with joint customers together and how does cross-pollination work with our customer base and your customer base uh, without having those conversations about what tough looks like early on, mm-hmm. you're kind of playing, you're going to be playing life on hard mode, right? With, with your, with your partners who should be running alongside of you, making things easier, not tougher. And so I think, at, at, you know, through scale, we've become a better version of ourselves and smarter. And uh, our team has, has, has led that initiative uh, more, more than myself, but getting the right folks on the team to make the right decisions about how we work with, within that triangulation of partner customer. What's next for Med Trainer? Where what's what's the the next either phase of of growth or new product lines or that you're at liberty to share? Yeah, um, you know, I think we're at a point where product is we're not adding new and shiny. We have a very intentional prescriptive roadmap of who we are today, what our products are and what we want to offer. And it's about how do we iterate on those continuously to provide better value, ease of use, uh, reach, um, let's say, less sophisticated user bases. And what I mean by that is with human capital demand, let's say nursing and and such high demand, and you have people going into nursing programs at all different levels, they Mm -hmm. may or may not have the same exposure to technology as somebody at one level versus the other. And so making the product usable at all layers is is important, making sure that people have equal access to level up, whether it's through our system or um, or somebody else's. I think our competitors look at a lot of this the same way. 
But what's next for us is continuing to iterate um, and expand kind of horizontally against other healthcare adjacent markets. So right now we're we're very, very focused in uh, primary care, acute care, and post-acute care is something that has been new for us. So rolling out our products that to make them fit the mold within post-acute care, um, things like skilled nursing, home health, hospice, those types of uh, those types of care settings. And we we will continue to add tense general markets, you know, whether it's dental or Cairo or veterinary, I, we we do have some very specific road mapping there on what those markets will be, but it's going to, we're going to stay in healthcare and we're going to continue to iterate on our core products to make them more valuable to our customers. Okay, Steve, I'm going to flip and go a little personal here. Um, I happen to know you're a father. So as you've been growing your business, you've been growing a family uh, and a lot of entrepreneurs and, and company founders and just any CEO in general, you know, we all struggle with, with that. I always just say, you know, the way I'm a parent does not look at all like the way my parents parented. Um, but tell us a little bit about your, your family and just how you make sure that you keep those two things, um, all getting the best of you. Yeah. I think that, you know, work-life balance in general is important for, for sanity purposes, but, um, when you're trying to balance out, uh, uh, family elements, if I take my 14 year old who's freshman in high school versus my eight year old son who is in second grade, they're very different stages, just similar to growing the business, right? Um, I can relate to my son through sitting down and playing video games with him or something like that, that he's interested in where with my daughter, maybe it's, she has a passion for cooking. I also have a passion for cooking. We cook together. We do a lot of meals at home, uh, but I think it boils down to quality time over quantity. You know, it, mm-hmm. you think back to your statement of like parenting today is a lot different than parenting was maybe when we were growing up, there's, there's plenty of people that spend a ton of time with their kids, um, ton of time doing nothing. Right. And those are not the memorable moments that I want my, my kids to remember. I want them to remember and not to say you have to be Disneyland dad, but it could have been cooking that dish or winning that video game competition together or, or these types of things that are memorable moments that will, will stick with them. And I think that quality imprint is, has a much bigger impact with, with my relationship with my kids, um, than just a, a quantity of time. So that's how I balance it. I look for very strong quality wins over quantity. Well, Steve, thank you so much for sharing some of your insight with us and, and talking about med trainer, but also talking about, uh, some of the way that you, you lead and you've, you've built your team. Um, I really appreciated, you know, the recommendations about mentorship, uh, looking for people who've been there, done that, that is always just so key for anybody who wants to build their business or whatever type of career they they have. If people want to find out more about MedTrainer, connect with you, where should they go and what should they do? Yeah. Um, in terms of MedTrainer, visit us online at medtrainer.com. Uh, if you want to connect with me, feel free to um, on LinkedIn and uh, just look for Steve Galleon. If I'm you, I'm searching Steve Galleon and MedTrainer all in the same search bar. And, you know, I'll probably be the first one to pop up. Would love to hear from anyone who listens to the podcast and and talk to anyone about their thoughts. Well, thank you. And, and for our listeners, if Steve has said something that you think somebody else 
can benefit from or, or needs to hear or wants to learn more about the services of MedTrainer, yeah, reach out, ping them and uh, and see if you can make some magic happen in collaboration. Uh, to our listeners, always keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Steve, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>